Oh, jam! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of Monday Night Magic here on twitch.tv slash themanapool. I'm Chewy. You can tell because it says Chewy under me. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, you can tell because why would I lie to you? Don't answer that. Over there we have Squee. Hi, you can tell that I'm Squee because it says Chewy under my name. And if you're listening, you might believe that. But why would he lie to you? And way over there is Clues. You're at your best when the going gets rough. You've been put to the test, but it's never enough. Pulled from YouTube. Uh, Demonetized. I was going to say, now we're going to get demonetized. (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. All that money you were getting from doing Monday Night Magic on YouTube is gone. (laughs) All all that scent you were going to get. Oh, well. So, yes. There goes your fortune. This is Monday Night Magic number 667. Or so we're told. Uh, Now with less candles. And no comments about whether or not we successfully uh, summoned up a dark god last week. Because no comment. Keep an eye out on the deck list and you decide. Hmm. Oh, I know exactly what we caused from last week. Stay tuned. Tell you when we get there. Spoiler. Stay tuned. I don't don't think that's how spoilers work. But anyway. All right. So the first bit of news we have is the Hall of Fame class for 2019 was announced. And that class is Reed Duke. Hooray. Seems legit. Reed Duke is in a class by himself. It's true. Look at that percentage. <laughs> yeah, he got 94%, over 94% of the ballots included Reed Duke. Glad we could all come together over something. Not a small number. Yeah, but because everyone voted for Reed Duke, that means no one else hit the threshold for Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I would also like to point out that I didn't know this before, but now that I know that Reed Duke comes from Sugarloaf, New York... I kind of want to vote for him, too. <laughs> I kind of want to know where Sugarloaf, New York is. Well, you do In have Google at your fingertips. I do, but I was trying not. I'm going to go do that. Yeah, you are. Has played in every Pro Tour and Mythic Championship since his debut in 2010. Is that not wow. enough for you? That's impressive. Well done. Oh, wait. wait. I was supposed to say hello to Baltimore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why Pretend anyone, we're at the beginning of the show. Why would anyone ever say hello to Baltimore? Well, because of the episode number. Yeah, but Baltimore. So, I have a question. Yes. It says he burst onto the competitive magic scene in 2011 by winning the uh, MOCS. Right. And then, what Bill just said, has played in every Pro Tour and Mythic Championship since his debut in 2010. Okay, so you know how core sets are always numbered weirdly (laughs) a couple years ago? It's that. No, it's probably not. No, it's not that I think you are underestimating Reed Duke's ability to travel non-linearly through time. That must be it. It's also why he's so good at the metagame. That that must be it. When he he jumps somewhere, he goes, okay, wait. What year is it? What month? Okay, so this is positioned well in the meta at this point. Got it. Because he just knows all these things already. Anyway, so yeah. Well done, Reed Duke. 
No one Congrats. is surprised. No one is surprised. And we should Sugarloaf consume is, all uh, the ballots. Sugarloaf is is relatively close to Goose Pond Mountain State Park. So shout out to any listeners who happen to currently be in Goose Mountain State Park. No, Goose Pond Mountain State Park. I'm sorry. Uh, and in true Reed fashion, he uh, tweeted, he missed the announcement because he was recording a Jund video. Which... That, that's telling. That is like the best thing ever. <laughs> Checks out. Yep. Because Reed Duke is perpetually on brand. Yeah. All right. So, let's move on while we're just on Twitter things here. Uh, Twitter, well, Wizards has tweeted that uh, they're going to be reprinting the uh, Eldraine Brawl decks because apparently more people are into them than they anticipated. So they're they're working on a significant reprint. So here's the thing that was a little confusing to me about this. So those were already released then and sold out? That I have no idea. Because they say, stay in touch with your favorite store for when more will be available. That implies that there were some that were available that aren't anymore. That does imply that. Because they're all gone. And I didn't know that they had come out. So It's possible that people are pre-ordering. It's possible. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't keep track of that sort of thing because I wasn't going to buy them. So, mm. so does this mean we're reprinting Commander's Arsenal? No one said that. Okay. Nor should they. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, never mind. It was before Good. your time. Don't worry about it. All right. So that's Although a thing. I, st- I still have an unopened copy someplace. All right. Huh. Now let's get to the meat. Uh, you remember all of the. Bad decisions that Wizards made regarding uh, uh, Historic on Magic Arena? Well, in true Wizards fashion, they're walking it all back. Just all of it. Mm, not quite all of it. Eh, most of it. Yeah, like nearly all of it. All the bad A color-coded amount of it. Yeah, so we're no longer doing the uh, two-for-one Historic Redemption. It's down to one-for-one the way it should have been. Yep, the way it should have been in the first place. Uh... Historic play will no longer progress your daily and weekly wins and your daily quests, just your daily quests. Fair. I, I guess. So, well, you know, it still gives us some incentive to play it, but it doesn't, like, completely take you away from the yeah. other formats. Uh, more on that in a second. Um, the uh, historic cards that they're adding... They were going to add 15 to 20 cards in November through a paid event is now TBD. TBD. They're going to add cards somehow, some way. It'll be differently than cards in standard. Yes. That's all we know. And then finally, um, a thing that some people had problems with for some reason, uh, they previously announced packs of historic sets would only be available in the store as a 45-pack bundle. Instead, now all of the booster purchase options... I can't read this sentence. All the booster pack purchase options will be available for the time being. So, 
they're uh, walking that back too. Yep. Yeah. The fact that they'll be available for purchase at all is still weird to me, but whatever, you know, apparently enough people had a problem with that, that they decided to walk it back. See. So. Still doesn't seem weird to me. Seems fine to me. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's, it's one of those things that people had a problem with that I didn't understand and wizards apparently went, okay, fine. So this is a discussion we had before the show that we decided to have again uh, on the show is there's been a lot of talk lately about how wizards does these things. They make a big announcement with a lot of obviously bad decisions in it. And then about a week or two later, they go, Oh, sorry. We're going to walk that back. We're not really going to do that based on your feedback. And, uh, to a lot of people, myself included, uh, based on a tweet from, I think it was, uh, uh, John Laux, right? <clears throat> right? Yeah. John Laux, who used to work for Wizards, you know, whenever there were multiple pricing options for things, this is according to his tweet. I wish I had it in front of me, but I don't. Uh, he said whenever there were multiple pricing options, they would just throw out the worst one, the most expensive one, wait for the uproar, and then back it back to one that was slightly less. And John Lauk said that really, really annoyed him because it always worked. And then people are like, yay, we won! Even though that was the plan, apparently. And... uh it seems like they're still doing that because constantly they just announce things that are just awful and the community as a whole rises up and goes, you're stupid, stop it. Ooh, we found the tweet. Yep, adding it to the show notes too. Thank you, Squee. Yeah. It says, twice during my time on MTGO when we wondered what to price a queue between two options, we announced the higher of the two, and after players compa- complained about the bad EV, we announced a change to the lower price. Arena using the same tactic, I imagine. And somewhere in here there was a... I thought there was a reply from John Laux that said, I hate this because it always works. But, regardless. Um, so that's... It, it's, it seems like a really crappy way to make your fan base feel like, one, you're listening, and two, that they accomplished something. Yeah, there's a bit of marketing nonsense going on in there. And I say nonsense, but it does work, um, at least on some audiences. Others get offended by it. It really depends on the people. Yeah. Um, like I was explaining before the show, there are sort of two approaches to sales if you don't if you're not quite sure what the right price is, then you can either do foot in the door technique, which is obvious. You put in a little bit and then you add to it and add to it and add to it until you reach the point that's the max you're gonna get and you sell it for that. But that generally involves starting from a place of giving things away and then nickel and diming your way up to where it wants to be. And people generally 
are more receptive to that up front, but in the end they feel like they got conned a bit. Whereas if you do the door in the face technique, you hit them with something they definitely don't want, and then they're like, oh no, that's awful, slam the door in your face. And they're like, okay, 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 let's let's dial that back a bit. Here's something else, and here's something else, and you start dialing down. And when you're dialing down, the person you're doing this to feels like they're haggling and that they're getting a better deal. Like, this is what car salesmen do. They're hitting you with something big, and then they're dialing it back until you feel like you're getting more out of it. And then you settle on what's, in reality, the highest possible price you would have ever paid for a thing. And you feel better about it. But in practice, they were kind of insulting you with the initial offer and leaving you feeling way better about it when they dial you down to something that you would have also been offended by if that was the starting um, it feels good from a PR perspective to say, hey, look, we listened to you. You didn't like that. We get it. You ch- you crank it back. But you can only do that so many times before people see the pattern. And I think we might be approaching the point where people see the pattern on this one. Um, that said, like I was also saying before the show, I think that really they're just doing terrible market research and choosing to do this instead to occasionally score some points. I, I really think that they've been changing so many things so much lately that they haven't done proper checks on cost and what people are willing to pay. And they've just been for so long throwing whatever they can out there. If no one complains, then great. You get a whole lot. If people are complaining, you're like, oh, sorry, our bad. How's Have this instead. And then people are like, yeah, you listened. And then they still get more than realistic because Magic players are going to complain anyway. And if we're going to complain anyway, you might as well get the most out of it. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. Like you don't gain a lot from giving away a lot when they're going to gripe anyway. You're just setting a bar much lower than you probably wanted because it's way harder to go up. But either way, don't be surprised that they keep doing this until people stop praising them when they respond to it. Yeah. Um, On the topic of this historic thing more specifically like there's a big difference between rewarding people for playing standard on arena and punishing people for not playing standard and the way it was was punishing people for not playing standard oh you want to play historic boom double your wild cards bitch and that's <laughs> That's not how this works. That's not how this should work. So, well, I I think it more would punish, not necessarily punish people for not playing standard, but punish anyone who didn't play the beta, right? Because the folks who played the beta already had the cards that are in the historic card pool. It, it's setting up a barrier to entry for older formats. Yeah, which yeah, is and... the thing that they claim is the problem with older formats. It's why they invented modern. Exactly. Because the high barrier to entry. Uh, that worked out perfectly. It did, though. They just have to someday make a postmodern. Yeah, like historic, maybe. Hmm. But, yeah, so it could be that it's evil marketing, or it could be that it's lazy marketing. Either way, it's not looking great for... It's not a well, good look. Yeah. Regardless, 
like I said, I think that if you have an audience that's going to complain no matter what you do, then doing it this way is the best outcome for them. Okay. If you have an audience that's really positive and receptive to reasonable things, then you don't really have to do this. You just put it out at the right price and it's worth doing the research. But I, I do think that they should still be doing a better job of determining what people want to do because unlike a lot of people entering this space, they've got more than a decade of magic online information to work with to know how people spend their money online. So they shouldn't have been doing what John Lauk said they were going to do. Like they should have figured this out by now. They have way more data points than most people do about their audiences because they control every aspect of that transaction. Yep. And then they could have extrapolated some stuff for arena based on those behaviors. Yep. But we'll see where this goes because like I said, you can only do this for so long. Eventually people just get about as bitter as we admittedly already are. So maybe none of this matters. Yeah. Maybe we all just complain, and this is what happens when you complain all the time. Yeah, and remember, Magic players are not the best. Remember the whole, hey, we're going to send you this giant free uncut foil sheet? And people went, meh, it won't be worth anything. Yeah. As long as we behave that way, this is kind of the marketing we deserve. Yeah. Because <laughs> That's they have no incentive not to. Yeah. So, hey, let's talk about something slightly more fun. Like, hey, Throne of Eldraine is a thing. Hey, hey look at that. Or at least it will be Murder soon. Murder cookies. Oh, hell, that's coming up real soon, isn't it? Uh, it's a uh, weekend after next, yeah. Yeah. Soon. It's the pre-release. So, I think Clues wanted to talk about some goblins. Uh, yeah, I hear we've got some. Or at we least a, a few. Not, like, tons, but a few. Yeah. So... Uh, let's go see if we can find some goblins in this list here. I mean, uh, I have I have two on the screen. You do? Which two? Hold on, I can't the, see the screen. The two I'm common red the ones. Screen. The only place where there's two oh. on the screen. Ha <laughs> ha! You've got me there, sir. You've got me there. So, we do have at least a few goblins in here. So, uh, I assume that it's the Raging Red Cap and the Red Cap Raiders that are up? Uh-huh. With a with a red cap melee in the in between, like like the alphabet, has the goblins there. So yeah, uh, for those who have not yet seen uh, the goblins in the set, uh, they've given us a common one two goblin knight called Raging Red Cap for two and a red who has double strike. Yeah, okay, common. Yeah, I, I can live with this guy. Yeah, I don't know that he has a place in constructed formats much, but almost certainly not. One, two with double strike. Okay, how about the Red Cap Raiders? Also two and a red. Huh, that's weird. A Goblin Warrior who's a three, two. Oh, that's better. Whenever Red Cap Raiders attacks, you may tap an untapped non-human creature you control. If you do, Red Cap Raiders gets plus one, plus one, and gains trample until end of turn. So, it's is he literally riding whatever other non-human you've tapped? Is that the flavor that's going on here? I hope so. Because that's, that's the flavor I got before. for that. That he's getting a piggyback ride from whoever that is, whatever that is. Yeah, if you if you tap an untapped non-human, it it gives it, it any non-human with a red cap raiders on it equals plus one plus one and trample. So what's the most ridiculous non-human we can tap for this? Germ. Uh, I was gonna say Emrakul. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wanted to be ridiculous about it. I think we went to two opposite extremes on that one. We yeah. did. Yeah, we've got all the bases. I'm covered. proud of both of you. The in between stuff is just garbage and nonsense. So, but then there's a legendary goblin. Either tap the germ token or Emrakul. Preferably. I also appreciate that Raging Red Cap is a knight. The germ token. <laughs> he is. Well, you know, we gotta have that knight synergy. Yeah. Clearly, it's because he has double strike. I know. But it's just a weird concept based on the art because he looks way more like a warrior or even like a weird berserker thing. But whatever. That doesn't matter. Let's look at a legend. All right. We got a legendary goblin. I assume it's up on the screen. I'm not looking. So we have Grumgully the Generous. For one, a red and a green, get yourself a 3-3 legendary goblin shaman. Each other non-human creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Which That's means, a lot. Yeah. Which means it's an infinite combo with uh, a murderous red cap and a skirt prospector. Yeah. Because when it comes back from its, uh, hang on, persist, Yep. with a minus one, minus one counter on it, the plus one, plus one counter that this adds will wipe that out, which means you can sack it forever. So... Yeah. Look forward to some jerkwad uh, messing with your commander games this way. I'm not <laughs> saying it's me. I'm just saying look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I, I appreciate how like the two best combo persist cards are in those colors. Because you've also got your kitchen banks. Yep. Hey, they're not humans either. Correct. They're mm. oofs. Yep. So, hey, while we're here... We should, we should probably talk about the Royal Scions, because this is a first for a Planeswalker card. No? No, uh, we can talk about that. No, okay. Go for it. You're excited. All right. The, the Royal Scions, for one, a blue and a red, uh, is a Mythic Planeswalker with the types Will Rowan. So Because it, it's both Planeswalkers on the card. Will and Rowan Kinrith. Huh. Did did they not do that with, with Ren and Six? Yeah, but Ren and Six has never had two separate cards before. Oh, okay. I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Plus I don't I don't know if six counts. Well, I'm just wondering what the the, the hmm. type was on Ren and Six. I don't recall. No, I don't know. Look it up. I'm working on that right now. Alright. But they start with five loyalty, the Royal Scions. Um, plus one, draw a card, then discard a card. Nice little loot. Plus one, target creature gets plus two, plus oh, and first strike and trample until end of turn. Cool. And then the minus eight, draw four cards. When you do, the royal scions deal damage to any target equal to the number of cards in your hand. That's gonna hurt. Yeah, after drawing four cards. One, it says minus eight, draw four cards. Which is pretty sweet, but then also hits your opponent for at least four, or hits something for at least four. Also, uh, Ren and Six is just Ren. Yeah. I figured. So, yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Also, don't underestimate either of the plus one abilities. Like, they're not as flashy, but they're actually doing a lot. Yeah, especially when they're getting a three-mana Planeswalker up to six loyalty. 
<laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, pay three to loot is already something people would do every turn. Like, it's not great, but it's a thing to do if you have the mana. Um, but doing it on a plus one and not spending mana? Pretty great. You will get ahead doing that. And it's true. The, the plus two first strike and trample is going to be what you do in limited to kill things. Because that doing that true. while ticking up is still great. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty sweet. Apparently Will and, and Rowan Kinrith share a spark. Is that is that a thing huh. I've read? Or am I making um, that up? I don't actually know. I might be making that up. I haven't read that, but I would believe it. But you can see And so for here. those for those who don't recall, they were the the Planeswalker Transformy were they a Transformy Planewalker in uh no. They were, tra- were they, they were Planewalker Planeswalkers in Battlebond. In Battlebond, that's But they it, had yeah. uh was it Partners With? Oh yeah, Partners With. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but they were Battlebonds. Yeah. Like the fact that they have their own separate cards makes me think that shouldn't work, but that's applying mechanics reflect story, which is not always the case. Yeah. And as you can see down here in the Planeswalker deck, it's it's Rowan, Fearless Spark Mage. Uh, yeah. in the Planeswalker deck, so it's pretty neat. Oh, and last week, there was a person in the chat that was just all upset that we didn't talk about Embercleave. Clues, have you seen Embercleave? I don't know if I've seen Embercleave. Stand by. It's in red. Okay, well, that's a good place. Wait a minute. I think I have seen this card. Stand by. I'm scrolling to it because I'm not looking at your screen because forget about it. Embercleave, four red red for legendary artifact equipment. With Flash. Ah. This spell costs one less to cast for each attacking creature you control. When Embercleave enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and has double strike and trample. Huh. No, I don't think I had seen this. It has an equip cost of three, but if you're going to just, you know, cast it, you're just going to stick it onto a thing, and you attack with four things, it costs red, red. Okay, One of I which like is it. Going to get a uh, a combat trick. Yeah. With both double strike and trample. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I I like the idea of a a sword like a combat trick that sticks around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I was a big fan of flash auras, for that reason. Yeah. That's just nice. Or the like instants that leave behind a token or something. Also pretty nice. Yeah. Okay, why did no one tell me that they built a trebuchet? Did did they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the brimstone trebuchet. It's right there. It's just like up and to the left. Look at it there. Everybody loves trebuchets. Does everybody love them? Uh, okay, maybe not the ones on the other end of the trebuchet. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So Embercleave is the first legendary mythic equipment thing since godsend right no idea couldn't tell you think it is so that's probably story relevant it's unfortunate that it doesn't have any cool flavor text but look at all that stuff it does yeah yeah it does a lot of stuff 
Also, there's no telling if it's story relevant. I don't think that necessarily means anything. It's just really, really good, so they had to make it mythic. Yeah, I mean, I could see this being frustrating and limited, too. Yeah. Like, oh, look, you attack with four things. No matter what they do, something bad's going to happen, and then you have an advantage for the rest of the game. Yeah. Let me see if I can find any other legendary equipments. Like, it also just has the funness of, okay, cool, you attack with a bunch of things, you put it on there as a combat trick, you kill something. Second main phase, if you have any creatures left, pay three mana and move it. Oh, uh, Black Black Blade Reforged. Oh, duh, yeah, that makes sense. It was legendary. Was it a mythic key? It was a rare. I think it was, that was a rare, yeah. Yeah, either way, Um, neat. Mythic ones we had were Godsend, Elbrus the Binding Blade, and that may be it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like Chewie said, it's probably not as important, but it seems neat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the um, the next um, magic book, because I enjoy the audiobooks for these. I'm not reading them, but the audiobooks are fun, and they pushed back the second one from the um, most recent set, the in-game set. So that'll right. come in November now, I think. Yeah, they're doing more. There were more audiobooks from that. From War of the Spark? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was surprised too. I saw it in Audible, so I pre-ordered it, and then I got a note telling me it was delayed. So I'll let you know what that's about when I find out. But they didn't have one up for the Eldraine book, so I have no idea what happens in that. What's it called? The the Wilder Quest or something like that? Probably. Something like that. It had a word no that idea. didn't look like a word. Wildered? Wildered? Like a bewildered, except without the B? Could be. No, no B. Oh, well then. Also, while we've just been talking, I've just been scrolling through the variants uh, card image gallery because they're so pretty. Indeed they are. Ooh, I had not noticed the variant for the Royal Scions. That's weird. Yeah, that looks like a dual deck art. It looks like they've they've been possessed by two different evil people. <laughs> like G.I. Joe and Cobra just possessed each one and uh mm. somebody fired up the broadcast energy transmitter. I hate that. Let's hope it wasn't Nemesis Enforcer. Because that's a mouthful. And yet they words. had to get Burgess Meredith's old ass to say that so many times. <laughs> what do we think of the ritual? Like the one we did last week? We're not uh liberty to comment. Also, I can't remember the name of the damn ritual. <laughs> oh, Iron Crag Feet. Clues, have you seen that? I don't think I have. That name does not sound familiar to me. What color am I looking at? Uh, it's red. That's Man, why I, I really got to look at. Really got to look at this gallery. We're not expecting you to scroll, Clues. Iron Crag feet. Iron red, 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 red. Yeah. I, I, oh, it is Iron Crag. Iron Crag. One red, red, red for a sorcery. Add seven red. You can cast only one more spell this turn. Well, I can dig it. Um, that's kind of... Huh. 
All right. Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I did see this. Someone on Reddit had come up with a God hand to get you Karn the Death Star on turn one. I mean, sure. And it involved the the Iron Crag feat. I mean, that's just... I suspect it involves just using multiple ritual-like effects. It does. It's a handful of rituals, Iron Crag feat. Yes, yeah, six of your seven cards had to be the right ones to pull this off. Yeah. How many of them were discarding apes? Uh, a couple of them were, yeah. Yeah. That's the old way that you cheated everything, Red, on turn one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, people are talking about using it to summon out, like, Karns and whatnot a turn earlier than Tron. Or faster than Tron. And we're like, Tron does it regularly on turn three. Yeah. And has and other cards in its hand. You're going all magical Christmas land on uh, on yours. Yeah. And, uh, here's here's the way I see this going down in uh, uh, a uh, eternal format. You you go uh, throw away these apes, do these rituals. Here's here's a, an iron crag feat, and here's my Karn, and they go force of will. Force of will. And then you go. I guess I'm getting lunch today. I mean, you're playing that deck to get lunch anyway. Yeah, cool. I pretty much was. Yeah, um, I, I do like the fact that it it restricts you to just one more spell this turn. So if you have abilities and other ways to use that mana, then it's still pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Like if there's any shenanigans to really be had here, it's probably going to be on some kind of pay mana for effect thing that isn't a spell. But I'm also I, very glad that it's a sorcery and not an instant. Although I'm sure there are terrible combos that will let you cast sorceries at instant speeds, so... I'm really glad that it says add seven red mana symbol instead of add red mana symbol, 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 red mana symbol. Because that would suck. You remember that crap on energy? That was terrible. Yes, it was terrible, and they need to never do that again. And I think they learned. Also, I really dig that you can go iron crag, whatever, feet into Sundering Stroke. Uh, yes. I'm sure that was intentional. Oh, yeah, totally. Because for six and a red, it's a rare sorcery that deals seven damage divided as you choose among one, two, or three targets. If at least seven... At least seven red mana... What? Was spent to cast the spell. Instead, it deals seven damage to each of those permanents and or players. And that makes me happy. Well, if you had ways to make the spell cheaper, it doesn't work. Um, oh, and if and there if, was something that made the spell more expensive, you you don't have to go all you, red mana. You don't have to go all red. It's just yeah. at least seven red. Yeah. And I really dig that the art is. An oh, hey, there's another there's another goblin right there that we missed. Where? A two down from Sundering Stroke. Say that who missed? That I missed. <laughs> He's riding a damn weasel. Look at him. Oh, look at that. He is a weasel back. This might be my favorite card in the set. Look at that art. It's a little goblin riding a weasel. Ride that weasel, little buddy. That's great. Oh, I like that guy a lot. So is it the goblin or the weasel that oh, has everything? Oh, and he slots right into a Cascade of Calamity deck. Well, Clues is happy. I'm sorry, Cavalcade of Calamity. I'm sorry, I got, I got Cascade. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because he's a 1-1, you see. But then you can buff him after the trigger. Also, Weasel. Also, look at the Weasel! Yeah. Gotta make that a show timer. 
Also, it's a 1-1 Goblin Knight for a red that's got 1 and a red, get plus 2, plus 0 until end of turn. So it's like a strange double fire breathing thing. It okay. Is. So that's Throne of Eldrade. Uh, as always, if you want to hear more about more cards in more detail, then, you know, go listen to the Mana Pool. Right. Yeah. Although, or- wait a minute. In, in green... Yes. Did we talk about Once Upon a Time last week? I don't think we did. Uh, no, I think, that, last week. I think that hadn't come out yet. Oh. If we did, I would have made a reference to an ABC TV show. So. Oh, that's true, yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wait, what? What? I think so, we already did that. So, Once Excellent. Once Upon a Time, for one in a green, is an instant that says, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or land from among them and put it into your hand and the rest go on the bottom in a random order. But that's not the important bit. The important bit is, if this is the first spell you've cast this game, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. It it digs for lands or creatures for free. But they've made it, they've balanced it by making it only literally the first one. And it just goes yeah. in your hand. So. And it doesn't have you don't actually have to wait until turn two to it doesn't have to be you could cast it it's just if it's the first one you're trying to cast go for it yeah that's neat yeah because it's the beginning of every story yeah it's a tale as old as time oh and chat says uh as a tron player i have zero interest in playing this as long as i have ancient stirrings if Asian Stirrings gets banned, I'm running a minimum three of these. That makes sense. Yeah. It is possible that Ancient Stirrings will eventually get banned, because every time there's not some, like, boogeyman deck, people just default to bitching about Ancient Stirrings in Modern. The actual tale is all this time. Yeah. Uh, plus, Outmuscle has a dude German suplexing a bear. I mean, look, punching was not ever going to be the end of this. But a German suplex? Did not expect that. Is that because a lot of these fairy tales uh, are of German descent? Is this an I I think it's because a lot of them end with someone suplexing a bear. (laughs) Oh, right. I knew it was Maybe I just had the best version of these stories. (laughs) Like, Goldilocks is a contender. All right. So, yeah, yeah, we that's... can sit here and talk about the cool flavor of this set all day, but that's what the man pulls for. And it is yeah. cool. The, the flavor so of this the set o- is delicious. The only question I have about this set and its flavor, because I'm, I'm really enjoying the flavor. I really am. Um, regardless of how I feel about the blue cards in this set. Um, did they have someone on Watsy, on staff at Watsy, who went through as the cards were being designed and as the names were being done to uh, think about the leak the uh, litigation that could come from the Walt Disney Corporation should they do this? Um, I'm sure they did, but also the Walt Disney Corporation does not own the fairy tales. Oh, I know that, but I also think that Disney's lawyers would try anyway. I mean, people have been continuing to tell fairy tales that aren't Disney without this problem. I don't think it's an issue. Now, that said, if they messed up and they actually used, like, a character name that isn't part of a myth, 
that'd be a whole different thing, but I don't think that's likely here. Yeah. Um, plus, honestly, I think they only put so much crazy thought into this because they got away with Bog Naughty. And that's surprising. Yeah, Bog Naughty definitely sounds like a, you know, a code. Yeah. Clues. How would you feel yeah. if I offered you and slash or your wife a bog naughty? I would not be pleased about that. For you Nor or for your, your wife or both? Either. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, bog yeah. naughty. Let's go talk about something else. Yes, please. Hey, you remember the uh, Comic-Con Planeswalkers that they showed? Nope. Barely. Yeah. Well, they're sold out. And apparently it's called Dragon's Endgame. Now we know. Which, I don't think they said that when they first showed these off. I don't believe they did. I certainly don't remember it. We would have made jokes about that. Yeah, because War of the Spark was totally Magic Endgame. Just like Mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame was the Avengers Endgame. It was the Avengers War of the Spark. There we go. So yeah, but they're sold out. When did these go on sale, Bill? Last week. When did these sell out, Bill? Last week. Huh. Well, there you go then. It turns out as long as you don't put a giant Nicol Bolas poster in these things, they don't take six months to sell out. Also, maybe don't charge $150. Maybe. How much was this one? One of those could be it. How, how much was this one? It doesn't even tell us anymore. It's like, sorry, we're sold out. Gone now. Does anyone remember what these were? I don't know. Quick, somebody check the secondary market. Pretty sure they were less than that. <laughs> secondary market will not help. <laughs> well, no, somebody there might tell you, you know, in their listing that uh, I, I don't know. Well, you can get one brand new for $170 on eBay. No one is surprised. Hmm. Oh, wait, there's no MSRPs. Who knows? But I guess they're selling them directly, so... It was a price. Yeah. But that's conveniently missing because it takes you straight to the sold out page. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there's one last thing before we dive into the uh, tournament results over the week. Apparently, they were $99 at Comic-Con, according to the first third-party site I found. Okay. Announcing right. it for Comic-Con. Dang it. We'll go with that until someone corrects me. I changed the link in the show notes, but I didn't open that link. Oopsies. Wait, this isn't it? There it is. So, in uh, Stranger News this week, the Toy Hall of Fame, whoops, which, yes, that is totally a thing, uh, has put Magic the Gathering on its... uh, Player's Choice Ballot this year. I didn't even know that's there was some, a Toy Hall of Fame. I'm not going to lie. That's some tough competition, though. Yeah, so you can vote from September 11th to the 18th. So, you know, you've got... Till Wednesday. Days. Yeah. Um, but you can vote each day. Oh, well, hang on. We're going to vote for Magic to get... Hmm, yeah, I don't know if I can do that, though. Yeah, Masters of the Universe is right there. The, the Fisher-Price Corn Popper? 
I hate you. Coloring books. So do all parents. You're competing with coloring books. Matchbox cars are not in the Hall of Fame, and we're going to put magic there? So, yeah, this is, uh... This is a strange thing. Apparently the smartphone is is no. listed as a potential toy, which I think is silly, but also yeah, the top. Do us a favor, whether you vote for magic or not, don't vote for the top. Why yeah, clues? Don't, don't vote for the t- cuz you need to stop the top. You I mean, damn come on. right. Look, come I'm going to be honest right now. I'm picking coloring book. <laughs> like if we're talking about things that are enjoyed by children, I don't think anything on this list is on the same level as coloring books. No, you're right. They're not. That's basic like... and educational and not owned by any one company. See, but it says, vote below for the one you think best meets the criteria of icon status, longevity, discovery, and innovation. And I think of all of those, Magic has innovation and longevity just topped. Does it? I'm pretty sure coloring books have been around a lot longer than Magic. Well, yeah, but Magic is the longest living of its type. Of its type, sure, yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's the progenitor of its type. Thus, innovation. So, yeah. That's 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 a thing. Admittedly, it also bugs Morrow when people call Magic a toy. So, if you want to bug Morrow... Nah. Vote for magic. Okay, I'm going to go look at what's in the Hall of God. Okay, the Toy Hall of Fame. We've got alphabet blocks. The Atari 2600. Wow. Big wheel. Get there. A blanket. (laughs) Bubbles. Thanks, Linus. Candyland. Candyland is miserable. It really... Well, but that, you know, typifies childhood. Tell me a teddy bear is in there. Uh, uh, Teddy bear is inducted in 1998. 98? What were they waiting on? Or is uh, that when they started? That's Probably really close they... to when they started. That's That might be the beginning. I don't see any dates before 98. All right. I see Play-Doh, Jump Rope, Lincoln The freaking Logs. Magic 8-Ball got in last year, so apparently there's just no... Take that coloring books. Yeah, there's no actual um, Silly discussion party, about this. Hold it. Hold it. Scroll back down. I need to see the S's. Can you not click on the link yourself? <laughs> no. Well, I need the people who are watching to be able to play along at home because look oh at that uh, stick. Slinky. Oh, sick. stick was was inducted in two thousand eight. Okay, look, but look, 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 and see, cardboard box was look, inducted cardboard in two thousand five. Box is a champion. I learned that from Rugrats. <laughs> also, Magic Frankie threw a hundred bits and says my vote goes to Jenga. <laughs> Is log I just in like here? to watch things break. It's big, it's hard, it's wood. Jet Lego! So, you know, you could kill yourself walking around the, the floor. You mean baby's first cow drops? Yeah. Yeah. The rubber duck! This is the <laughs> best content we could ever hope for. Can we just talk about this every week? The oh, wiffle ball. I think, I think we need to start a podcast. This is the, there's Each episode is just devoted to one of these toys. That podcast probably already exists. If it probably. does, oh, dude, check it out. At me. Raggedy Ann and Andy together are 2002 and 2007. Wait, so one got in and then yeah, several years later? got in five years before the other. Wow. Huh. Raggedy Andy got gypped. 
Um, I like to think that Raggedy Ann got in and then people found out about the Annabelle story and <laughs> then they were terrified until Raggedy Andy showed up and wanted his. Super Soaker, Frisbee. Oh, the Easy Bake Oven. Nice. The Dunkin' Yo-Yo. Okay, so Dungeons and Dragons is in. Yep. And if I... what was it up against in 2016? Cause... Swing. I hope it wasn't say, the coloring me... book because it's totally this uh, long. Fisher Price Little People got in and the swing, yeah. Huh. Uno made it in in 2018. All but right, then it so... reversed and went out in 2019. Got... <laughs> Little Green Army Mint. This is fascinating. You know what? We should get off of this because we could stay here yeah. actually all day. Otherwise, think... I'm going to... Sit here confused about how it took so long to get baby dolls. <laughs> I think the only fair thing to do is since there's three days left in voting, I will vote for three different things. One of them will be magic, but I can't not vote for the coloring book. Dude, all got in 2009. I'm closing it now. It's gone. I closed it because this is going to mess with me. All right, I'm voting for Masters of the Universe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, I just voted for the coloring book. I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> I will come back tomorrow, and I will vote for Magic then. It's, it's in the show notes there, everybody. There you go, everyone. Democracy in action. Anyway. Whether or not there's a space between action and in is up to you. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, let's go to... It's time for tournaments. It's time for Belgium. tournaments. Hooray. Let's go to Ghent. Where's Ghent? Belgium. Don't we know someone from Belgium? Well, whose lineage is from Belgium? Say my ancestors are from Belgium. Yeah, there we go. Oh, is it you? It is me. (laughs) Were you at this tournament? (laughs) I was not, but maybe a relative was. Someone check the pairings and see if there's a lock lose if i know anything about people's personal histories you know at least half of the top eight of this event by virtue of having blood from there no you you went to college with the other half don't worry about it it doesn't matter what year i don't i don't think that's true at all (laughs) you're not that kind of scientist clues you wouldn't know no no actually i i'm pretty sure there's no data to support any of these claims Oh, this isn't God. about data, it's about family clues. Anyway, Magic Fest Ghent. Yeah. 480 teams, 1440 players, Team Modern. Not right. unified, which we should point out last week was not unified. And we just didn't know. Yeah. For some reason, Clues got it in his head that he should look that up, and then he confused hey. all of us. I did. I went and I looked it up, and it's in the MTR that that's how that's how team events are. They're unified, except apparently when they're not. That yeah. does cover all cases. So let's go check out the metagame breakdown. Uh, that's day two. Scroll up. Here we go. The day one metagame breakdown clues. Yes. Who who is the number one deck on day one? On day one, a GP Gent. Yeah. Burn. There we go. But yeah, the top decks were burn. And, and then nobody cares because they're not burn. At 10.7% of the, the day one meta. And then Tron at 8.8 with Jund at 8.8. And the Wurza deck at 7.7% of the meta. And out of 1440 players, 
Those are big numbers. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Nice and diverse. Now that the summer of Hogak is over. True. I was hoping that would never happen again. But then in day two, Jund actually converted slightly more and ended up with almost 12% of the day two meta, with Burn sitting still at 10%. Don't fall for the mistake that I made, which was to not expand this image. Because yeah. it looks like it looks like Tron is tops if you don't expand this yeah, image. Clues is like, oh look, Burn was the most popular deck and didn't even make it to day two. And I'm like, what? It's like the second one. Clues went, what? <laughs> Welcome to Twitter, everybody. See if you yeah. click on it and make it the focus, it shows you the whole image. Like if you shows click on the tweet, not the image. Just and now this one's all cut off. It looks like Stoneblade was the most popular. Ugh. Maybe Twitter is not the best way to host your coverage, but here we are. But here we are. This is the world we live in. So let's These go look at who won. Since it's we give from whatever he was saying. Since it's team uh, modern, we're not going to go too deep in it. Hey, wait. Are we going to talk about the spreadsheet? Because people should to. know about the spreadsheet. Sure. So if you if you go to this uh, this this Twitter link for the metagame breakdown. Tweet one was the day one metagame breakdown. Tweet two was the day two metagame breakdown. And then right after that, they tweeted, hey, if you're curious about the other, you can find more detailed metagame breakdown with conversion rates here. And they've got a link to a Google Doc spreadsheet. Which I'm trying to show you, but I don't have this uh, cropped properly. So just believe me. Yeah, so just imagine that there is a spreadsheet that lists all the deck archetypes. Yeah. The number of players who are playing it. On both day one and day two, the percentage of day one, percentage of day two, and then the conversion rate. So you can find out which decks did really well getting to day two and uh, which did not. Decks like Merfolk, which had a 0% conversion rate, teaching us once again that if you're going to play goblins, you should actually play goblins. What's wrong with you? How did goblins do? They had a... I don't care. We're just making fun of Merfolk right now. 10% conversion rate. Yeah, see? There you go. Better. Ha! Take that. Or, if you're playing Merfolk at a team event, play with better teammates, because they were bringing you down, so you didn't make it to day two. Or play with teammates who won't let you play Merfolk. Also, Because they care about you and your soul. Also, just a note, there's a link to all of the deck list and the entire event at the top of that spreadsheet. Yes. You can also get to it from the player coverage page. Correct. So, okay. So... So all of the coverage is in this weird, like, spider web of links. It's not in, like, one unified place. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, our top decks here are not in order, but I know this team won. So the winning team was uh, Esther Trujillo playing Jund, Ruben Perez playing Wurza, and Joel Calafell playing Wurza. So, hey, look, another woman that won a GP. Ding. Pretty baller. Congratulations to the three of you. Way to Way GP. To and I have no idea who they beat. Let's go to the bracket. They beat uh, this team. Okay, hang on. Yeah. Who are... Ah, this one. So they beat 
Uh, Voss, Van de Sand, and Box. Who is in the Toy Hall of Fame? No, oh, here we go. Here we go. Box. Okay, so uh, Jesper Box was playing Dredge. Uh, Niels van der Sand was playing Wurza. And Brent Voss was playing Jeskai Stoneblade. Ooh. Look at Stoneforge Mystic. And Spellqueller. Whoa. Ah, Spellqueller. Good times. Sword of Fire and Ice. Where's the Batter Skull? There it is. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's a Jeskai Stoneblade deck, all right. In modern. That's awful. Uh, And then third and fourth were the other two. So... We've got uh, Dominic Gertsen playing Tron, Nicholas Laban playing Stoneforge Urza. Okay, this is the slightly different build of the uh, Urza deck. This isn't Wurza, this, yeah, because there's no word of invention, right? Correct. And uh, Julian Pla, Pla, Plage, Plage, Plag, something like that. Playing also Tron. Yeah, see, not unified. <laughs> Alright. And then the other other team in the top four was uh, Nicholas Shabriak. Shabriak? That sounds good. Playing Bantstone Blade. Bantstone Blade. Check out the Four copies of Ice Fang Quaddle in that list. Ooh. Hello. A giver of runes. Neat. All right. Um, Jeremy Dazani playing Mardu Shadow. Like you do. And Laurent Sestaro playing Burn. I appreciate that their team name is Doom Kang. They have team name? Oh, Doom King. They do. Team BNJ. Team. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Doom King is also the easiest one to pronounce for me. That isn't just three letters. So I appreciate that too. But I like to think it's a reference to comic book characters. Let's hope so. All right. So there you go. That was GP Gant in Belgium. Where Clues' ancestors came from. That's right. Did you feel a kinship with this uh, GP Clues? Uh, I did on day one. Day two, I felt <laughs> that the kinship was down a little bit. <laughs> and then I looked at the top four, and it was, it was, it was all lost. It's, just, it's like Wickenburg. It's just a total loss. <laughs> also due to burn. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm not your dad or anything, but <laughs> you might want to go inside. All right, so let's go to the Star City event. Where was this? The Star City event was in Syracuse. Ah, okay. That's in New York. All right, so how many people were in the Legacy thing? The Legacy Open had 520 players. Pretty good. That's right, Legacy Open. What? Let's see here. In the metagame breakdown for day two... Uh, looks like Teamer Delver was the most popular with 21 decks. Four Color Control was next most popular in day two, with Four Color Control being 13. There we go. I was like, I read the wrong word that was a number. 
Yeah. And then we had Jeskai Mentor and Golgari Depths at seven apiece. Is it Delver with six? And from there it drops off, obviously. For reference, these are out of 127 people on day two. Yes. So that Teamer Delver was effectively one sixth of the field. Wow. That's that's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess clues will tell us all about it though. Yeah, so I guess we better go take a look at uh these these top deck lists, shall we? To see who uh took down this whole legacy event playing the king of all formats. I mean it is nice to see a legacy event. It really, really is. I wanna stress that. I wanna stress <laughs> that that a little bit later I'm gonna go a little I'm gonna I'm gonna call it bitter and negative. That's gonna happen. Just wait for it. You'll know it when we get there. But for now, for now, let's just bask in the glory of this wonderfully diverse top eight, shall we? In first place, we had Aiden Breyer on four color control. I don't really approve. Don't really approve of most of those words there, but that's fine. That's fine, I guess. Color, color is okay. I said most of those words. Hmm. We really need one color burn, is what we need. But that's fine. Be that as it may, I understand that my cup of tea is not necessarily your cup of tea. In second place, we had Blaze Kohler on Storm. Looks like an ant list to me. It is. What with the ad nauseum and the tendrils of agony, thus ant. In third place, we had a four-color loam deck from Jonathan Orr. Or what? No, Jonathan Orr. Also some run in six, yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, In fourth place, we have Is It Delver from Ed D'Amico. So there we go. We've got four four different decks, right, so far? Yeah. Four different archetypes looking nice. I mean, still, I'd like some more red representing, but that's fine. Fifth place... Charles Azuelos is playing elves. Okay, this I can get behind. <laughs> Look at it right there. Hoof, there it is. Absolutely beautiful. Clues is all about those dryad arbors. There's a scoos in there too. Just make sure that your dryad arbors are clearly represented. It's great to see. Crimson nature. An Archon of Valor's of. Reach. That's a nice touch. That, that's an interesting touch. Yeah. And wow, look, Nissa Vital Force. Not not the Nissa I would have expected, but untap target land, okay, and becomes a five five elemental with haste, sure. Return target permit from your graveyard to your hand. Oh, I might be using that. Okay, you get an emblem with whatever land is not from your control, you may draw a card. Okay, alright, fine. Fine, I guess if if you got a Nissa. There you go. In sixth place, uh, Security Chief Zach Allen is playing Jeskai Mentor. So we're still at we're still at six different decks, right? Yeah. Still, uh, you know, we're leaning heavily on blue, but it happens. Hey, this uh, one has seven... some red in it. Yeah, but I said we're leaning heavily on blue. I mean, you see, you see the force of will right there. I mean, this is the first right. time we've seen red, right? And you see no. the force. No, in no, red and six is red, there. isn't it? Red and six is red, and yeah. is it Delver has red in it? Obviously. And do you see that spell, Pierce? Clues is still hung up on that do you, one. Do you see all of those? Those are horrible cards, and you should feel ashamed, Zach. Um, in, no, you're fine, Zach. I get it. I get it. In seventh place, uh, Tariq Patel is playing Hogak. All right. Ah, damn it. Had to hide somewhere. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Yeah, I know. Could you do that off mic? You need a mute button is what you need. You need a mute button. In eighth, and we're still at seven. 
unique decks. In eighth place, uh, Kane Reinhardt is playing Naya Loam. Got there. Did did we? Did we? Well, we okay. I mean, four color Loam versus Naya Loam. Okay, uh, d- let's call that similar. a repeat. Let's call that a repeat. There's heavy overlap, so we have seven unique decks here. We'll, we'll call it pocket. seven and a half. Yeah, we'll call it seven and a half. I mean, look, if you want to argue some of these earlier decks have some overlap too, eh, kinda, I get it, but, you know, there you go. These what else pretty, we got? Pretty different builds, though. Maybe seven and two-thirds. Yeah, I mean, things get a little more samey once we exit the top eight. We've got a pair of Jeskai Mentors in fifth and or 14th and 15th. We've got a pair of Teamer Delvers in 16th and 17th. And 9th. Yeah, and 20th. And twenty four. So right, yeah, you, so you can keep going. Or stop cutting. But still, stop it, is, going. it is a it is a pretty nice uh, pretty nice diverse format. I'd like it to be more aggro, but I don't think it could be aggro enough for me. Right? Is our first burn deck really in forty eighth place? Probably. Wow, that's sad. Anyway, so uh, yeah, there you go. Our uh, our legacy our legacy open event here looking pretty good. Wait, where's our first? Humans. Looks like 22nd. Huh. Okay. Yeah, does look like 22nd to me. Interesting. Yeah. But, you know, that's the beauty of Legacy, right? If there's a deck you like, you can find it in Legacy. There it is. Ta-da. I love it. I absolutely love it. It, lo- it appears, gentlemen, that whatever it was that we were involved in last week with candles and robes and things has had no negative repercussions whatsoever. Yeah, not at all. That's 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 just great. Why don't we go ahead and take a look while we're here, since we're talking about legacy. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and go straight over to the legacy classic? Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. All right. Let's join me for the legacy classic. Where? Oh God, what did we do? Oh look, consequences. God, what did we do? That was our bad. Man. I, I mean. I don't know. I think knocking all of these decks out of the main tournament is what Clues wanted, but there are always consequences. Oh, man, this is like monkey's paw territory. Not like this. This is not... This is not what I meant when I said take all those decks that I hate and just knock them out of that event. They just had to go somewhere, Clues. Like Dark Voltron way to make an evil thing that... Oh, it's so... Blue finds a way, Clues. Blue finds a way. God, well... Okay. I'm sorry. For those of you who are just listening to this and not seeing the video coverage, uh, it, it pains me to have to tell you these things, but in, in the interest of journalistic integrity, I feel we must. We must. In this legacy uh, classic event, how many, how many players did we have, Squee? Okay, so the legacy classic had 145 players. All oh, those poor bastards. Poor, poor bastard. In first place, Rich Callie was playing Tamer, Teamer Delver. Teamer Delver. In second place, Jacob Bard was playing Teamer Delver. In third place, Jake Flazinski was playing Teamer Delver. Oh, God. I'm sensing so a pattern. In fourth place, Dan Staub was just holding his own with Is It Delver. Combo not quite breaker. Oh. In fifth place, Dylan Gellis was on Teamer Delver. In sixth place, this truly is hell, Costas Taropolis? 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 It is, in fact, hell. isn't there. 
Ah, uh, okay. It's still, it's, is it Delver? Teteropolis. In seventh place, William Thompson is apparently our closest thing to a savior with four color control. And just when you think it couldn't get any worse. In eighth place, Nick Cummings has Omnitel. <laughs> maybe, maybe things were only an unholy mess inside of the top eight. Ninth place, Teamer Delver. Tenth place, Miracles. What? Eleventh place, Where's Your God Now? Twelfth <laughs> <sighs> place. Twelfth place. Again, not like this. Second wish on the monkey paw. Give me a red deck. It's mono red prison. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh. You might as well finish it out now, Clues. You're almost there. Death and Taxes in 13th, Jund in 14th, Teamer Midrange in 15th, and Azorius Stoneblade in 16th. Yay, Jund! <laughs> Jund are... When your best hope is a world where volcanoes <laughs> kill everything that moves and dragons kill what doesn't. Our savior, <laughs> Jund. Oh. Well, Clues... Not like this. You save that third wish for a rainy day. I'm kind of afraid to. I have. I think I have seen hell, my friends. It is this time. You want to go hide in modern, buddy? I think we'd better. All right. So let's go to modern. How many people are in the modern classic? 243. All right. So Anderson LeClaire won with Modern Green Tron. Black Tusk. Uh-uh. Uh, Joseph Sprouse took second with the Grixis Death Shadow deck. Amulet Titan in third by Scott Jones. The Devoted Devastation deck by Dave... Na- Hang on. my I was about to read it and like some letters moved. Uh, Napolitano. Dave Napolitano. Something like that. Uh, Dylan Donegan in fifth playing the four-color Wurza deck. Which one is that? That is the one... Okay, that's the one without uh, Stoneblade. Stone Forge. Um, quick question. Does the Devoted Devastation deck normally have Giver of Runes in it? Uh, uh, maybe? It's got four of them. Could be a medicine. I don't, I don't know the deck well enough to know if that's normal or not. Yeah, I have no idea. But it makes sense. It's new mom. Oh, <laughs> new mom. So is it like stepmom? Yeah, we'll call her that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Samuel LaDuke. Hope I didn't screw that up. Too bad. Is playing Amulet Titan in sixth. Carlton Silvestro took Titan Shift to 7th, and Dan McCauley rounded out the top 8 with Mono Green Tron. The rest of the top 16, we've got more Titan Shift, another Devoted Devastation, but this is in lowercase, so it's less important. That makes it more aggro, right? Maybe? Because it doesn't have time for Shift Key. It doesn't have time for Shift Key, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, we've got a Whir Prison deck in 11th. What's this? Oh. Oh. It's, uh... It's awful. Strange. <laughs> and unfortunate. So is the whole plan here to get Narset <laughs> and Teferi's Puzzle Box out? 
think so. And then just lock them out completely. I think that's I think that's the entire plan. Wow, that's Wow. Dick move. <laughs> uh... Like I'm not seeing I'm not seeing any like win condition other than making your opponent hate you. Am I missing something or is that actually just I mean, it? They still get a card, don't they? No. I mean, they Why get not? it for a second. Don't you discard before you draw? No, it says at the beginning of each player's draw step, but the first thing you do is draw your card for the turn. So you draw your card for the turn, yep. and then you put the hand... Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you put the cards in your hand on the bottom, and then you draw no more cards. No, you're absolutely right. I completely forgot the timing on Puzzle Box. Which means... God, that seems awful. No one at any table I've been at has ever actually subjected me to Puzzle Box, so I just forgot that's how it works. Which means, like, they could respond to the Puzzle Box trigger with any instant that they drew? That's still terrible. And that's, yeah, that's it. Okay, that makes me sad. Let's move on. Uh, Aaron, no, wait. We don't we don't read names past the top eight. There's a Bantstone Blade. Ooh, this is modern. Hang on, let's go look at that. Yep, that's what you'd expect. It's like a Bant deck that has Stoneforge Mystic, Batter Skull, Sword of Fire and Ice. That's like the package. Ooh, there's mm. a Manrique Gusari in the sideboard because it destroys equipment. Huh. Huh. That's great. Look at that super secret, not quite secret tech. And then a Mardu Death Shadow deck. Burn. Yeah, I've mostly just been looking at that deck the whole time. Oh, good. Is there anything I mean, fancy burr. in it? Or is it normal? It well, is. Normal. It is normal. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then an Azorius Spirits deck and a Mono White Stone Blade deck. Hang on. Revoker. Ballista. Eldrazi Displacer. Flicker Wisp. Giver of Runes. Ranger Cap. What? So this is a, uh, okay. And it's running Batter Skull, Sword of Fire and Ice, and Sword of Light and Shadow. <laughs> huh, okay. I was just looking over the Azorius Spirit stack, and I think this is the first time I noticed the Unsettled Mariner in it. And I'm like, that's spicy. <laughs> He's a changeling. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes a target of spell or ability and opponent controls, counter that spell unless its controller pays one. That's actually pretty good. Huh. In this deck. Like, your deck has a lot of hexproof stuff going on anyway, but that's pretty great. That's pretty good. Because you could just flash it in because it's a spirit Wait, what and you're running you rattle chains in? rattle chains gives it flash oh yeah 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 so when you just flash in your unsettled mariner to counter their removal life is pretty sweet that is pretty sweet yeah and then it's a tutu minimum minimum yeah <laughs> the rest of the deck is going to make that pretty big that's pretty cool yeah, I like the synergy and all this nonsense. All right. Well, there you go. That's that's your tournaments for the week. Which means that's your Monday Night Magic for the week. Hooray. Right. Clues. 
Yes. Can I offer you a bog naughty? <laughs> you still cannot offer me a bog naughty. Squee. Yes. Can you offer clues, bog naughty? God, I hate you both. Um, maybe in two weeks. I don't think I'm capable of bog naughty at this time. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, well, shall we wrap it up then? Yeah, I think so. Um. Oh, yeah, can... wait, Clues has a thing he wants to do. Oh, right, Clues I has can do to... it in my wrap-up if you'd like, but I've seriously been carrying these around. Yeah, let's I'd let's really do that. Like to... Go for it, All right, buddy. so for those for those who don't know, Modern Horizons, uh, those packs cost a bajillion dollars, but Roughly. I found a three-booster pa- three tra- pack draft pack. Booster trap. Booster trap. <laughs> booster trap. I found a booster trap. I found a three pack meant for drafting uh, on sale at uh, a un- unspecified big box retailer, let's say. And so I've been carrying around this three pack ready to open them on the show for like a month and a half. So we're finally going to open one of these bastards and we're going to see if it was worth it. And I think the answer is probably no. Probably no. So one of you is going to need to have. Uh, pick your favorite uh, retailer up so we can actually get the uh, the value of the pack I'm about to open. Okay? Fine. All uh. right. All right. So I think I'm going to open the one with the bear on it. Cause... So it's called Modern Horizons. All right. Here we go. i open this up. Man, I haven't opened a pack of magic cards like this in a long time. A long time. All right. I'm going to assume that the tokens aren't really worth anything, but I got a shapeshifter token. Oh, hang on. I, I can tell you. Got, yeah, it's got the shapeshifter Price on one side. Descending. And it's got an angel on the other side. Okay. Control F, shape, shapeshifter angel. Yeah, shapeshifter angel. That is apparently worth 18 cents. Ooh, that's exciting. Neat. All right, we'll set that over to the side. My, uh... God, why do they hate me so much? My Modern Horizons art series has, uh... Has Umizawa's... It's labeled Umizawa's Charm. You see the GTA there? Such a charm. See, see, see the fork? It's a charm knife. Nobody likes you fork. It does three things. Hmm. Uh, four things. The fourth thing is the static ability. Piss off clues. I don't think... That, that is evergreen. And Umizawa's Charm was a card in the set, though, so... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm I don't think those are listed on this site. All right, well, I was going at these from the wrong direction, because I just glanced at the rare. We'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Okay, okay. Uh, goat, goat nap. Who doesn't want a goat? The goat napping. Nice. 15 uh, is, is it really 15 cents? It is, yeah. All right, so we haven't even cracked 50 cents yet, right? All right, Smoke Shroud. Smoke Shroud, a blue card. Also 15 cents. I would throw this away immediately. Uh, We have Wall of a Thousand Cuts. 15 15 cents? Uh, Yeah. That's the baseline price, it looks like, on... Yeah, right. These are commons. How about Goblin War Party? Woo! Uh, Yep, same thing. Damn it, that's a good card. Look at it, it's got goblins on it. Ain't no party like a war party. The Bellowing Elk. I'm Bellowing what? Oh, elk. 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 Yep, same thing. Yep, okay. Well, I mean, four too common. 
Uh, ransack the lab. Fifteen. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's a card, if it's a common you've never heard of. Uh, Accurate. Rain, rain of revelation. It's blue. It's garbage. It's fifteen cents. That's my guess. It is. All right. By the way, somebody keeping track of what we're up to. I am. Uh, Gilded Light. Still Gilded 15 Light. cents. All right. That's not to be, uh, not not surprising. Elvish Fury. There ain't no fury like the Elvish Fury. Still a common? Still common. Still 15 cents. Still 15 cents. Uh, Amorphous Axe. Still a common, but at least it's an equipment. You can run it in any deck. And 15 cents. Yep. Excellent. All these commons. Consistency. Worthless. Okay, ready? For, we're, we're on the uncommons. You ready? Uh-oh, yeah. uh-oh. Battle Screech. That one is 25 cents. That episode of Saved by the Bell was really weird. It was my favorite. It was the last time we saw Screech. All right. It's not just any sandbar. It's the lonely sandbar. That is also a quarter. All right. We found the floor for uncommons no there's some 24s never mind scuttle scuttling sliver that is 23 cents see we're getting worse really 23 cents okay ready ready for the big reveal yeah big reveal first pack first pack ever that clues has opened of uh modern horizons what do you think my rare was for some negation well that's 42 dollars that is the force of negation folks good job and, uh, the third most expensive card in the set in well one pack it had so i paid like 20 bucks for this three pack and i just got a force of negation yeah so your your grand total for your first pack is 44 dollars and 34 cents based on i, wait, uh, I also stocks. have a snow covered island does, does that help does that actually anything? it might uh snow covered island is another almost dollar nice. 94 cents <laughs> <laughs> the second most expensive card in my pack is this snow-covered island, is what you're telling me? I think it's the most clues thing in the world for it to be forced of negation in an island. You know, this reminds me of the only pack of, was it Unhinged? The first unset that I ever opened. It I'm contained glued. a foil full art island. Hmm. Well, you've already won, so do you really want to open the other packs? No, we'll save up. We'll save them for next time we have a short show. So I'll just keep them here. <laughs> Fair enough. Next to this, but there so you go. So the sample size of clues, you should all buy as many of these as possible. It's yeah, free money because apparently it's free money. You will double your money, dude. Quote unquote. It's free real estate. I've got to force a negation now. What the hell do I do with this? You sell it uh, for forty dollars. <laughs> That's not that's not the way the secondary market works, you realize. It is if you oh, sell it well, to in a that person. Case, <laughs> you put it in your red deck, and then you never play it. But you look at it, and you have a single tier. You, no, you, you go on Twitter, and you say, hey, anyone want to force a negation for like 40, 40 bucks. bucks shipped? And then <laughs> like, they go, yes. 40, 40, yeah, 40 bucks shipped. You have video evidence of it going packed a sleeve. Put it in a that, sleeve right now. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me see if I can find a sleeve line around here someplace. Okay, I can pull one off of... All right, here we go. You know what I'm going to do with this force negation? I'm putting it in this red sleeve. There you go. Because why? screw you, that's why. Because <laughs> screw you, that's why. That is exactly correct. So here you go, folks. This force of negation is now going into this red Man. sleeve right here. What's an EV? There we go. Pretty good, apparently. Apparently. 
I appreciate that you got the third most expensive card in the set, though. Well done. I, I yeah, do, nice. too. I really, I did not expect that to go that way. I did not expect that at all. So now I have to know what are the top two. The top two are Ren and Six, of course, and Urza. Duh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Though, Season Pyromancer did come in fifth. Yeah. That's what I was hoping Clues was going to get. All right. Well, there you go. that was fun. That was fun. Did you guys enjoy that chat? Was that a good time? I enjoyed that. I well done. It was a good time. So, all right. I'll have to tell the wife all about opening a crappy force negation. So crappy, it's worth money. It is, and it pains me that it's worth money. But you know what? I could use the 40 bucks because yeah, I, I just had to replace the windshield on my car, and that sucked. So You should have negated it. I would like I would like to have negated the rock that was flying yep. at my windshield, but that did not work. It's because you didn't open so, it in time. Forty five twenty eight is our current stand. Good job. Right. Keep that in mind as the average will go down in future packs. It certainly will. It certainly will. Clues. All right. Now yeah. that you've made some money. Yeah. Can I offer you a bog nut? <laughs> I am going to force of negation that because it's not my turn and I'm going to discard this scuttling sliver. Yeah. I don't believe you when you tell me you have a force of negation and another blue card in your hand clues. That doesn't happen. It doesn't really. It doesn't. You use your snow covered Island and you pay for it like a champ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Let's let's all right. Wrap up. Yep. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SqueeGoblinAbob. There's no Y in Goblin because somebody negated it. Um, but whatever, it's probably for the best. I'll also note that this past week I went to the beach. And going to the beach at the location of a hurricane, one week after hurricane means nobody's there. And it's amazing. Nobody there. <laughs> so peaceful. Um, so that was fun. But I'm also like out of vacations for a while. So I'll be around um forever until later but yeah so that was cool and fun um also if the off chance that one of the people out there listening to this is in charge of pokemon go get your act together guys come on game's been around for three years figure out how to do raids properly (sighs) all right that was the end of my very brief rant um go clues all right. Hey, uh, if you want to hear more from me, I'm on the Twitters. I'm at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. If you know somebody who wants a pack fresh force of negation, I'll even sign it if you want me to. But you probably don't because it will decrease <laughs> the value for uh, let's don't say, write bad words on it. <laughs> let's say 40 bucks shipped to anywhere in uh, the U.S. and Canada. I think those are the cheap places to ship. Okay, to. Clues. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you write something positive about blue on it, does that increase the price? It does increase the price, but not the value. <laughs> I didn't say the value. I said the price. Okay. If their command is that, like, you have to do it, but you also have to write, like, number one on it and then sign it, Lac Luze. We'll have to negotiate that price is what we'll have to do. I'm giving you guys a way to have a unique item that will never happen again. Get on that. I work in this marketing. Is, this is true. Also... Anyway, no matter what Twitter. it does to the value of the card, it will cheapen Clues' value. <laughs> it will, in fact. This is your chance to actually make Clues choose money over brand. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do it. I'll sell out. My price is pretty high, but I'll sell out. So, uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter if you're looking for Force Negation. Uh, that's about all I have. Over to you, Chewy. Uh, quick. Stall for a minute. I have to kill a bug. Okay, but I, I still don't want a, a, a bog nasty? Is that what we're not having? Naughty. Bog naughty. Bog naughty. That's it. We're still not having any of that. Bog nasty. What's wrong with you? Ew. Sorry. That's awful. That's okay. like showtime wrong. Don't okay. do that. I killed a bug. We're good now. Good job. So, hi. I'm Chewy. Hey, Chewy. Uh, hi, every Chewy. week we do Monday Night Magic on Monday nights. Most of the time, right here on twitch.tv slash themanapool. We also do the Manapool podcast on Thursday nights. Yeah. So you should totally come join us live for that. Also, I stream other things on this channel. Yeah. Like last night, I tried to finish the final leg of the Dalaran heist, which is the, the, well... At the moment, the most recent, soon to be the not most recent, uh, solo adventure in Hearthstone, and I failed spectacularly. Yeah, it was harsh. But that's just the last thing I streamed. Sometime soon, I'm going to be finishing up the Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows DLC, and we got to play more Dota Underlords. Yeah, you should play Dota Underlords. You should come play with us on stream, because not us, these two, but us, the viewers. It's awesome. Um, but with that, that's enough of that. If you want to help support what I do with, uh, let's see, at least one YouTube video every day and two podcasts a week and like three or four other live streams every week, then you should go to patreon.com slash the manapool and become a lifeguard. Manapool? Lifeguard? It's, it's funny. I get it. There we go. <laughs> you get a variety of perks funny. for that. Um, you can get YouTube videos and Manipool episodes early. You can't get Monday Night Magic early because it's news. That would be Pime Teradox. Also, it would be a Pime Teradox. And that would make my head hurt. Um, and you can get access to the odds and ends, all the stuff recorded before and after both Monday Night Magic and the Manipool behind-the-scenes nonsense of us either figuring out what to do before the show or tormenting each other or just talking about nerdy things after the show. Sometimes we get deep and personal. You know, whatever. It's it's behind the scenes. And it's uncensored and unfiltered, so you can hear Clues swear. Yes. He gave his true feelings on True Name Nemesis right before the show. I did. And you probably have no idea what those would be like. So no, definitely. Not definitely at all. want to check that out. Um... I'm still way behind on those, but I'm steadily, steadily, I say, getting caught up. I posted three today, in fact. So the plan is to be caught up completely by the end of the month. And then every, like, Tuesday, just posting the ones from uh, both podcasts that week. That's the plan. I have to get caught up first, so I'm trying to monster through them as quick as possible. Getting them all put together is sort of a tedious process, and then I have to listen through them because sometimes personal information gets dropped or stuff like that. And I have to go, uh, mm-mm. like when my Manipool co-hosts like to talk about where their kids go after school and give like the name and address and phone number and the times that they're there. And I'm like, you don't get that. Yeah. 
So yeah, I have to delete that. But <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I have to listen through them to uh, make little quick show notes and uh, whatnot. And especially the Monday Night Magic show notes or the Monday Night Magic continents get long because Bill and I like to ramble for a long time. Hey, Bill, you remember the one where we talked about old Final Fantasy games for like an hour and change? Was that it? After Silence Truncation, yeah, it was about an hour and change. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that checks out. Yeah, that one just got posted earlier today. He also... We talk sufficiently long that we take a break to get drinks, and then we keep talking. We did, actually. And that break? <laughs> God, you remember that? That's amazing. Because this is from, like, June. a lot. Uh, but that break was actually, like, three minutes long. We'd been talking for like four hours at that point. <laughs> when you factor in the pre-show and the show, like we talk until we realize we should be asleep. Yeah, but then we came back and talked about more Final Fantasy stuff, and he told us about a really funny glitch. Well, told me about a really funny glitch in uh, Assassin's Creed Three. Oh yeah, that was unfortunate. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. But eye contact is important, Chewie. <laughs> Depends yeah, on if, if you're in the odds and ends, you should listen to that later. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I remember it being funny. It, it was. I was giggling while listening to it. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, like I said, the plan is to get those caught up either by the end of the month or soon thereafter because I'm way, way far behind. But I'm, I'm getting it down steadily. I posted three today. I've got one more that only has like another hour to be listened through. So, yeah. But like I said, it's just us being us even more with swearing. Yep. Yeah. But the Mythic Lifeguards get the uh, sponsorship shout-out on both podcasts and on the end screen every week, or every video for that month. Yeah. So I'd like to thank our Mythic Lifeguards now. Ahem. There we go. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Uh, Jason Doan, Kim Maho, Andrew Hunt, Al, Lance Delicious, Team You Hellas How Are You, Connor Kennedy, John Morris, Alex Gonzalez, Scuzzo, Jeff Spencer, Stuart Slaw, PJ McMullen, Sophia Bertain, Casey, Fayan Says, Danny Leal, Cody Buckowing, Jake Jansons, Jason Kaus, Gothic Man, Brian DeLucci, Stark Maximum, John Parker, Violet Moon, Some Guy Named Mike, Dan Holm, Bartle, Sarah Jane, and The Beast Father, Aaron Goodwine. Who? Thank you all so very much for your support. And to all of the lifeguards at every tier, I quite literally could not do it without you. So thank you. You allow me to keep the lights on and, you know, pay the rent while I make this insane amount of content for you. Which is a lot. I know it's a lot because every time I fall behind, I'm like, I have so much to do! Because it's a lot. So yeah, with that, we will be done with Monday Night Magic number 667. Uh, Apologies to Clues for the consequences of our actions last week. Yeah, we're paying for it. (laughs) With that, we will be done. So thank you all so very much for joining us, and uh, go play some magic.